Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more info, you can check us out on Facebook at Life Church of Columbia. Praise God. I want to deal with the subject uh, this morning. I'm going to call extravagant worship for an extravagant God. <laughs> and the word extravagant actually can have a negative connotation to it. But we're going to try to turn it into a positive light. Matter of fact, I'm going to give you the definition of extravagant. Number one is lacking restraint in spending money or using your resources. Another one, Ricky. Another one is exceeding what is reasonable or appropriate. Remember, I'm talking about extravagant worship. And you're going to see why. This could be seen as a negative to some people with my text. Exceeding what is reasonable or appropriate. Matter of fact, it's absurd. And absurd means wildly unreasonable and illogical. Somebody say extravagant worship. Wildly unreasonable and illogical. As it relates to the natural mind of a man. But when your God is this extravagant, how can you not offer extravagant worship? Amen. So, let's go to the Bible and let me give you a a few sets of scriptures. And today I'm going to uh, exercise uh, my apostolic uh, privilege And I'm going to put on the hat of a teacher today, and we're going to deal with Scripture in a way that I think is going to help you because it's helped me. Can we do that? So let's read some Scripture. First set will be in Matthew 22, 17. Praise God, our sound man, I have it on the screen for you. The scribes and Pharisees trying to pack back Jesus in the corner, and they said, Tell us, therefore, what thinkest thou? Is it lawful to give tribute to Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why do you tempt me, you hypocrites? (laughs) Jesus didn't have a lot of tact. He said, Show me the tribute money. And they brought unto him a penny. And he said unto them, Whose is this image and superscription? They said unto him, it's Caesar's. Then said he unto them, render therefore unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's and unto God the things which are God's. I'm not preaching that text, but it's profound. (laughs) If you pay tithes, or I'm sorry, taxes, If you pay taxes, it was imposed by a king on his subjects. So taxes paid, verified, citizenship or submission to. So Jesus used an opportunity to say, you're a part of a community that you owe a contribution to. You're a part of a citizenship that you have to give back into. And he tied it to the kingdom that if we're in this kingdom... Are you listening to me? Then there is something we owe because we receive from this kingdom. And it's worship. We ain't going to talk about money today. It's worship. Look in the book of Mark chapter number 14 beginning 
in verse number three. It says, and being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, he, talking about Jesus, sat at meat and there came a woman having an alabaster box of anointment of spikenard, very precious. And she broke the box and poured it on his, help me somebody, she poured it on his head. Now, I'm going to take my time today, so uh, if you're taking notes, I want you to understand, she came with an alabaster, the King James Version calls it an alabaster box. Alabaster is the name of a stone. So what she brought was a perfume vase carved from a translucent gypsum stone. It was not a clay pot. It was, it was not ordinary. It was expensive. The vase. Hey, listen to me. The vase itself was translucent gypsum, and it was very, very ornamental within itself. So to have the vase would to be in a home of their nature would be something that stood out. Are you following me? It was something that was very precious. And in that, she had spikenard, which is a perfume. And I, I don't know, I'm just, I want to take my time to help you to understand the text. This spikenard was a very valuable perfume from an Indian plant that grows somewhere in the Himalayan mountains. And this plant is different from every plant. It's distinguished by its having many hairy spokes shooting out from one root. She's offering something that had many facets. She's presenting something uh, that had different avenues of giving glory to God. Are you, are, you, are you still with me? You got to see what was going on here. Amen. And not only that, but the, the, the word spikenard comes from the Greek word pastikos. And it actually means genuine. It means pure. It's the same word, if you do a word search, it's the same word that's used for faith, pistis which actually is your persuasion or your moral conviction. It's something that's real and genuine. So Jesus is teaching us she was offering something to Christ that the value didn't matter to her because she had a moral conviction he was worthy of all of it. You know about <laughs> Amen. She was... She said, it, it don't even matter. And this thing is so beautiful. And there's no time. This, this, this vase was so beautiful. Amen. But she had a moral conviction. He was worth more than her material stuff. And she break it. And it's a sign of, in worship, there's many different forms of worship. There's tears of worship. There's hands lifted worship. There's laughter in worship. There's shouting in worship. There's dancing in worship. And they're sitting solemnly in the presence of God with worship. Are you with me now? Are we on the same page? And verse number, uh, did I read all that? She broke the box, poured it on his head, verse number four, and there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, why this waste of anointment made? 
See, when you don't understand the value of the object worshipped, you will call other people's worship waste. Oh, I'm just going to let that sink in a little bit. Amen. I said, when you don't understand value, like your neighbor across the, the, the aisle may understand when it comes to God, when they know and see where God brought them from, amen, and, and, and they worship him, sometimes some of the church are sitting like his disciples saying, uh, this ain't necessary. <laughs> that all of that's not necessary. Come on, help me with the text. Why was this waste of ointment made? For it could have been sold for more than 300 pence. From what I understand, that's a year's wages. It could have been sold for more than 300 pence and have been given to the poor and they murmured against her because of her worship. And Jesus said, let her alone. Can I help somebody in here that likes to worship? Uh, quit worrying about what everybody said about you because Jesus said, let her alone. Why are you troubling her? She has done a good thing for me. She has wrought a good work on me. For you have the poor with you always, and whensoever you will, you can do good to them any time you want. He said, but me, you, know, you don't have me always. And she has done what she could. I like another translation says, she has done what she could to honor me. She has come beforehand to anoint my body to the burying. Verily I say unto you, whosoever the gospel shall be preached, or wheresoever... Catch this right here. Wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she hath done shall be spoken of for a memorial of her. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm finna teach, but I need you to understand the, the, the depth of what Jesus just said. He said, this gospel of what I have done will be preached all around the world but it's going to have a partner with it. He said, I will be remembered for what I've done, but she will be remembered by how she responded to what I have done. My God, are y'all listening to me? He said, so everywhere the good news of the gospel is preached, the only proper response is us giving everything we have in worship and adoration to a holy God. These are the partners, amen. Never let one go without the other. Everywhere. He didn't say everywhere this gospel is preached, Lazarus is going to be preached on from being raised from the dead. He said, he said uh, everywhere this gospel is preached, he didn't say with it will be accompanied. Uh, amen. All the signs, wonders, and miracles of this and that. He said everywhere this gospel is preached, this is going to be told uh, that she responded in a proper manner that was proper to a holy God. <laughs> Shame on us if we're withholding an extravagant worship. Oh, I want to behave myself today because I got some teaching to do. Can we go further? Go to Matthew 21. Jason, come on, man. You're awesome. Just read it on the screen. And Jesus 
went into the temple of God. He cast them out and he sold and bought into the temple. He overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. And he said unto them, it is written, my house shall be called. Somebody help me. My house shall be called a house of prayer. But you have made it. I'm not going to preach it today, but I want to preach part two of, but you have made it. (laughs) My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame come to him in the temple and he healed them. I need you to know right now, it was illegal for the blind and the lame to come into the temple. But Jesus is turning the religious world upside down. Uh, I wonder how they knew they could come in. Did Jesus say, okay, come on, boys. He said, I'm going to show you the true identity of my house. And all of a sudden, he's healing the blind. He's healing the cripple. And when the chief priests, come on, somebody, 15. And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, And the children shouting, they were praising in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Somebody read it out loud. They were ticked. I just want to stop right there and weep. When they saw all that Jesus was doing, instead of applauding it, they were sore displeased okay stay with me in your bible let's do some greek this morning i love it he said jesus says it is written written is grapho in the hebrew grapho grapho actually means to engrave to engrave it means to write or etch in stone it means to give are y'all listening to me It means to give a permanent description. In other words, the description of God's house has been etched in stone. That's what Jesus was saying. It's been etched in stone. Isaiah gave us a descriptive ultrasound of what God's house was going to look like. Amen. I said Isaiah gave us an ultrasound of this thing that was coming called the church of the living God. Amen. Can I tell you the gender has been revealed. For he has given unto us a son, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace. Amen. His identity has been recorded in the eternal annals of heaven itself. It is written. Meaning, it cannot be altered. It cannot be changed. It is so established by God that culture don't even change it. Persuasions can't change it. Preferences can't change it. It's written in stone that my house, house, oikos, my house, oikos, which means dwelling place, household. It even means family. Come on, Josh, help me, son. It means family. My house, my oikos shall be called. Somebody shout called. Shall be called. Call comes from the root word kaleo. Catch this one, y'all. Y'all with me? Come on, this ain't nothing but Bible study. Kaleo means to urge on. 
It means to incite by word. It means to, uh, to order or give command. So my house shall be kaleo. My house shall be called the house of prayer. Amen. In my house, there will be a constant command to worship. Let me try this out over here. Brandon, you with me? Amen. This is the identity of my house. See, you don't have the luxury of acting like you act in your house. Because this is my house. And I'm giving you an identity of my house. And in my house, there will be a constant incitement of worship. There will be a, a constant order because he who is running the service in my house fully understands the magnitude of my greatness. So, so he will constantly be saying, somebody give God a praise. Hey, he will constantly be saying, lift up your hands to God and give him worship and praise. Is anybody in this place right now? My house shall be kaleoed. In other words, uh, uh, God's house should be a house of peer pressure. Our schools are full of peer pressure. Your marketplace is full of peer pressure. But the house of God, they ought to be a peer pressure of worship. Your peer, oh, somebody help me. Your peers ought to be so extravagant that you feel like you, that you brought a poverty-stricken worship. If nothing else, peer, if nothing else, peer pressure ought to have one hand in the air. If nothing else, peer pressure ought to have you worshiping God. Amen. You ought to be saying, I must not understand the extravagance of their God. So I want to get in and worship Oh, is anybody listening to me? Josh said, get up, Dad. Back to the pulpit. You said you was going to teach. My house shall be called. My house shall be identified as. My house shall be kaleoed, urged to hell, to incite my word, to order, to give command. My house shall be called a house of prayer. Listen, it's amazing, Jennifer. The prophet brought the word this morning. On prayer. Prayer is prosuke. Write that one down. You're going to leave the church today saying, I learned Greek in life church. Prosuke. I don't know if that's how you say it or not, but you don't know either. So, prosuke. Somebody shouted at me. Prosuke. Come on, say it. You got to say it two or three times where you get it. Prosuke. That's prayer. My house shall be called a house of prosuke. Prosuke means prayer slash worship. Come on, you can't make this stuff up. It means prayer slash worship. So by implication of definition, this place is an oratory. You're impressed with these words, ain't you? This is an oratory. And an oratory is designed for oratorical activity. So when he says my house is an oratory, he's describing the place 
and the purpose. The place and the purpose. Y'all still with me? We're going to go deeper. Amen. Not just any oratory. It's a place of speaking to God. That's what's supposed to be going on in this church. It's a place of worshiping God. You're not supposed to be worshiped in here. Your vocation's not supposed to be worshiped in here. Your image is not supposed to be worshiped. Somebody help me, amen. Amen. Your social standing is not supposed to be worshiped in here. This is an oratory where all oratorical activity goes up. It gets better. Prayer is prosuke. So it defines prayer for you that are taking notes as speaking to God by way of prayer, praise, and worship. Got it? So I'm extending the word prayer now, right? It's not just our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It's worship. It's praise. It's adoration to God. Pros UK, prayer, begins with the prefix pros, which is a pros, P-R-O-S, which is a preposition of direction. And the direction is forward or toward. Pros. All of this is one word, Josh, prayer. Pros. Prefix, pros. It's a preposition of direction, which is forward or toward. So God was saying, are y'all still with me? My house shall be kaleo, urged on to be a house of prayer. In other words, the dwelling place of God, the household of God will be called, identified as, and will be incited, encouraged, stirred up, ordered and commanded to be a prosuke. Did y'all catch all that? That's what God's house is. So in the eyes of God, Bobby Stowe, if I'm not provoking, I'm not doing my job. If my worship is not provoking somebody who's not worshiping, I'm not a worshiper. Come on, help me, Kenny. I'll get over here and look at you and eyeball because you're the craziest man in this building. <laughs> he said, my house, it shall be incited to worship. They're having riots in the streets. They're inciting every negative thing. They're going in drug concerts, uh, drug concerts, in, in concerts with drugs and killing people. Y'all seeing all that? They're killing and they're inciting them into frenzies, amen, by demonic influences, amen. Why in the world are we not coming into the house of God and inciting people? To a, greater degree, to a greater degree of worship. Why in the world are we not coming in here, amen, with a, with a, with a determination? I'm going to incite a riot. I'm going to incite a holy riot in this place, amen. Why? Because he is an extravagant God and he deserves extravagant worship. So my house shall be called, urged on Kaleo to be a house of prayer. God's house, his dwelling place. 
shall be called. I hope I get to the point to where your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Uh, so it will be called. This house will be identified. Shame on us if people leave Life Church. Amen. And don't remember the worship. <laughs> oh, I want you to remember my message and I want you to remember what I got to say. He said, but everywhere the gospel is preached, they're also going to remember the extravagant worship of this little lady. God forgive us that when people come in contact with us and we leave, there's not some residue of my perfume. Oh my God of worship and how special God is to me that they walk away smelling. Wow, he puts a high value on his God. So, my house shall be incited, encouraged, stirred up, ordered, and commanded to be a prosuke. An oratory where all oratorical activity, prayer, praise, and worship is directed towards God. Our singing, our worship is not for man. Come on, worship team. Come on, all you worshipers out there. Our singing and worship. Me and Tyronda's been praying about joining the praise team. Amen. We were thinking about joining the praise team, and I busted out in praise in the coffee shop, and it just didn't get the response I thought it should get. So we have decided. Amen. We're not going to join this team, but we are going to be on that team. And... We're about to, oh, somebody help me. You don't have to be on the platform, Tyronda, to be on the worship team. Oh, that'll work. I'm expanding the worship team. We're all going to be worshipers together. And we're going to realize, you know what? It don't matter, Nick, what we sound like, because I ain't singing to you. I'm singing to him. I'm throwing it up. Oh, I'm... That's what I want. I want a worship team who's not throwing worship out in the audience. They're throwing it up to God. They're throwing everything up to God. Listen, let's go deeper. He said, my house shall be an oratory where all oratorical activity has a direction. Pros, preposition of direction. Not just any direction, but a direction towards something. Oh, I could teach on prayer right there. And it's always forward. See, you can't worship properly looking back. True worship is always forward. True worship is prophetic by nature. In the marketplace, they call it forward thinking. Oh, y'all got to get this. I said in the marketplace, we call it forward thinking. And the forward thinkers are the ones who's going to get rich and succeed. And then we come into this house and we are weighed down with what happened yesterday. Well, it's time to start prophetic worship. Prophetic worship is always forward and it's toward where I'm coming and I'm singing things that do not exist yet. I'm praising him for things I can't see yet. That's what real worship looks like. Praise and thank him for what he's done. God, I gotta go, I gotta go. So in other words, we don't entertain man. We entertain God. What? You mean we have an audience with God? I ain't talking about the president. I ain't talking about the mayor. I ain't talking about whoever's special to you. I'm talking about when we are in into worship, I have God as an audience. 
We are entertaining God. No wonder the Bible says, be careful in entertaining strangers because you might be entertaining God. Boy, that ought to change a worship service. Josh, that ought to make you beat them drums a little harder. <laughs> no, don't beat them any harder. We can't afford drums right now. But I prophesy you finna get a new set. It's finna happen. I done heard. Everything is lifted towards heaven. Everything is thrown up to God. I just want to take my praise and throw it up to God. You know what true worship is? Taking my broken heart. <laughs> Taking my shattered emotions. Yeah! I will not let them pull me down and I can't fix it so. Somebody help me preach this sermon. I can't do anything about it. So yeah, I'm just going to throw it up to God and God to put it all back together and throw the glory of God back down in your life. Tell your neighbor, throw it up. Throw it up. Quit carrying it and throw it up. Get it in that realm. And the only way I can get my problem in that realm is I got to put it on the wings of praise and send my praise. <laughs> I got to send my broken heart on something. And the only thing that can get up there is praise and worship and prayer. I got to prof prophesy over some people right now. Right now, it's not fair what you're carrying. It's not fair what you're carrying. Amen. You didn't ask for it. You didn't double sign. You didn't ask for it. Amen. You got dealt a bad hand. It ain't because you wasn't good. It ain't because you didn't pray. It ain't because you didn't fast. It ain't because you didn't pay your tithes. Life has given you hell. Well, I come with a word for you right now in the name of Jesus. God said, if you can muster up the strength to put it on a worship and throw it up to me, if you'll throw it out to me, you don't have to carry it any longer. Throw it. Throw it. God Almighty, I feel this. God said, you got to get it to me or I can't fix it. You got to get it to me. All right, God, ain't that what you came for today? It ain't fair for you to carry that thing back home. Your father is not pleased with what the devil's doing to your mind. So he's saying, if you'll throw it up, if you'll throw it up. Now uh, Romans 12 and 1 and 2 makes sense. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. Amen. Just throw it up. Throw up there. Oh, I just heard the Holy Ghost say, for some of you, it's your pride you need to. Yes, your pride. You're more concerned about that bottle. You're afraid to break the box. The container has become more valuable than the content. That's what he just said. He said, 
They're not willing to. They put more value on that old stone than on the worship that's inside of them. I challenge you, break it, break it, break it, break it, break it, break it, break your pride. Break your pride. Break your pride. Hey, and say, I don't care what all these disciples think. They're talking about me, but I'm going to worship him anyway. No, God. They're giving me a hard time, but I know the value of the object. And all of a sudden, this thing... This year's worth. It ain't even enough. And I can tell Ricky, she, she, she didn't intend on taking anything back. <laughs> Come on. She didn't intend on withholding any of it. Because she thought he was worthy of all of it. So she didn't politely pour it. She broke it and said, I'm leaving everything. I'm leaving everything in this worship service. I'm going to shatter this box so I can release my worship. Oh my God, the Holy Spirit of worship is about to come in this place. Amen. But there'll never be true worship on this side of brokenness. I said there'll never be true worship on this side of brokenness. It's when I'm willing to crush my will, my, 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 my reputation and what you think of me. When I'm willing to break it, it releases an aroma that changes my environment. Now remember, the prefix of prayer is what? Pros. Which is the preposition of direction. Which is forward or towards. And if I had time to preach that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost, I would be teaching right now, your life ought to be lived towards bringing Him glory. Your conversations, places you go, things you do, everything ought to be have a directive to it. And it's worship. It's to bring glory to God. But here, let's go deeper. Pros is the prefix of prayer, and it means... A preposition of direction or forward or towards, which implies all activity done in this house. All activity done in this house is towards something or somebody. But pros also means in front of, prior to, and superior. Pros, in front of, Prior to and superior, which means prayer, praise, worship should be placed in front of, done prior to and superior to any other activity. Y'all catch that? That's all in that word prayer. It is to be done in front of. Prior to and superior to. So in other words, my lifestyle of worship 
ought to lead my life in everyday activity. Now, you may argue <laughs> that preaching is the most important thing done in this oratory called the house of God. I know I always have. But may I remind you there was worship before there was preaching, prior to, superior to, in front of. There was worship before there was preaching, and there'll be worship when there is no preaching. Oh, I'm a preacher's preacher. Are you listening to me? I love the word, and we're going to preach. That's the twofold gospel. Preach the gospel, worship. Amen. <coughs> Matter of fact, Isaiah, the very one that gave us the ultrasound of the house of God, that's where Jesus was quoting from. It is written. Isaiah prophesied that God's house would be called a house of prayer. And this is what he called a glimpse of what was going on in heaven. Remember Isaiah chapter number six, verse number one? In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Amen. You know, Uzziah means the strength of Yahweh. Isn't it amazing when we put our emphasis on the strength of a man and not the strength of God, that God will have to sometimes remove the man? Isn't it amazing how that we thought we were true worshipers, but it was really being filtered to a secure job or secure relationships and God has to remove things, amen, to get my worship elevated to a higher level. The, the year that King Uzziah died, I finally saw the Lord. And isn't it amazing? He prophesied for six chapters with all of his emphasis put on a king. In the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. And he said, there stood above it seraphims with six wings. With two wings, they covered their eyes in humble adoration to the king. With two wings, they covered their feet in total submission to the will of the Father. And with two wings, they did fly with an overwhelming desire to carry out the will of God. And the Bible says they cried, holy, holy, holy to one another. And it says, they were crying, holy, holy, holy. And another seraphim would cry, holy, holy, holy. And then they in concert would say, the whole earth is filled with the glory of God. Amen. You'll never worship proper until you get a proper perspective of who he is. And isn't it amazing? Come on, can y'all handle this today? And isn't it amazing? They was looking at the glory in one realm and that glory in that realm was bringing honor to the king in that realm. They were looking and saying, oh my God, the whole earth is full of the glory of God. Maybe what's robbed your worship is your low perspective. 
Maybe they were looking down saying, look, I can see God in the trees and I can see the glory of God in the flowers and, and that ain't all. It's fall now and the leaves are falling and it looks like the trees are dying but I can see the glory in the loss because it always leads to gain. Maybe our worship has been robbed from us uh, is because we can't look around us uh, and see the glory of God. That, my God, if you a sinner, you ought to worship. He didn't say, let all the saints give glory to God. He said, let everything that hath. If you're inhaling, you ought to be worshiped. You ain't got to be saved to give, render unto God what is due God. Amen. If you're sucking air in your lungs, it's because God blew it out. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. They said, I see glory everywhere. And it says, the post shook at their voices. Ricky, they worshiped so hard, it began to move things. Can I tell you, you're praying for God to move some things he anointed you to move with your worship. My God. Are y'all ready for me this morning? I said, said you're, you're, you're asking God to move some things that if we just learn how to render unto God that which we owe God, it'll start shaking the very pope. Paul and Silas understood in the inner prison if we can get a worship, throw a worship pope, Silas. <laughs> they messed God Almighty. They messed up when they chained Paul and Silas' hands and feet and didn't gag them. They messed up. They messed up. I don't know what shape you in this morning. And the devil, he may think he's got your hands tied. Now, you hear me, Anita? I'm preaching for you, sis. He may think he got your hands tied behind your back. He may think he got you immobilized in your situation. But if you got a mouth, you got a way out. I said, a devil, if you got a mouth, you got a way out. Throw up a prayer. Y'all killing me. Throw up and pray. You don't need your hands. This is an oratory. <laughs> My God, am I helping anybody yet? I'm telling you, I've been so helping myself. Throw up and praise. But see, you thought you had to feel good to praise. True worship only comes from broken things. And then I begin to... <laughs> Josh, and then I begin to think about it. Actually, when Jesus said, this gospel of the good news is going to be preached all around the world, and this will be told what she did, and all of a sudden it made sense, that is the gospel. That when I come to a place of complete brokenness, I begin to release his glory. When I was so broken I needed a savior, I started releasing his glory. Y'all okay? Can we go a little deeper? I'm not going to get to go as deep as I wanted to, but I, I, I can't take credit of this, but this, this statement really stuck with me about preaching. You got to have a preacher. You got to hear the word 
But can I tell you, worship ought to so go in front of it that it's what prepares you to hear it. Matter of fact, preaching is such a depth that if you're not prepared in worship, you're not prepared to hear. Amen. That's why he said, enter into his courts with praise. In his gaze, you can't just pick up your Bible and get a revelation. You got to come to that Bible in the spirit of worship. Amen. It prepares the environment. Amen. Uh, amen. No wonder uh, Peter could step out on a balcony and preach for four minutes and 36 seconds and see 3,000 saved. It's because they was 10 days of prayer, praise, and worship. Maybe your heart's become hard and calloused to be moved by the word because you're not rendering unto God the things that belong to God. Are you okay? It's downhill from here. You should have shouted while you could. You know what necessitates preaching? The fall of man. We preach today because man failed yesterday. We worship today because God always has been. <laughs> and when the preacher quits preaching, we're still going to be hollering, holy, holy, holy. You ever wondered how angels could be singing holy for millions of years or ever how long they've been worshiping? Amen. It's because they're constantly looking down and seeing glory in this realm and it's bringing honor to the God of this realm. Maybe that's why you get bored with worship. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? Brother DeBay, God is so extravagant. Have you ever read about his house? Now, take it or leave it, if it's figurative or spiritual or whatever. But look at his priest. You ever looked at a picture of God's priest? Oh, man, they were dressed to kill. Tassels hanging off their robes, pomegranates, bells was jingling when they walked. When they made their appearance, they were sparkling gold. There was headbands, breastplates, and breastbands. They were elaborate. I'm talking purple and emeralds. And, and, and the Bible speaks of heaven and the gates of pearl. One gate, I meant one pearl for one huge gate. Translucent, crystal clear, golden city. He is an extravagant God. So God is used to living in extravagance. <laughs> my house, my dwelling place shall be a place I'm comfortable with. And I'm comfortable with extravagance. Maybe God's not coming into our houses because he's so extravagant he's turned off by the poverty of your worship. You choose the church by the preacher. God chooses the church by the worship. Where's that at? Psalms 22 and 3. God inhabits, huh? Not the preaching. Huh? Help me, somebody. Can't believe I'm preaching like this. Matter of fact, I, I preach all over, and I preached at a church down in uh, Corpus Christi. 
And I didn't know it because it was my first time in that church. But I noticed during worship, the preacher was looking at me. We, we're standing in the same row. And I'd be standing there, you know. And I'd look down there and he'd be. And so it got so awkward, I was going. Why is this man? This happened. I wonder what, hey, dude, what's up? And I found out later, am I telling the truth? I found out later, he said, a preacher who comes preaches for me, if he won't worship, you'll never come back. <laughs> At first, I was like, who do you think you are, dude? But now I understand, he knows. That if I'm not creating environment for revelation, I'm finna waste his time. Is anybody listening to me? So it's my worship and my adoration that God is comfortable with. You ain't gotta beg God to come, just worship. Oh, you ain't gotta beg God to change that situation, Paul. Just worship, and it'll start shaking. He'll shake the bars loose, he'll shake the chains off you if you'll learn how to. Where's my house? Shall be called a house of prayer. And the more I meditate on this, I'm, I'm still good. Then this, this is a house of sheetrock. This is a house of lights and carpet and pews and metal on the outside. That's what this house is. It's the house of material. But God said, my house is identified by worship. So everywhere you want me to dwell, build a house. Just build a house. He is enthroned in the praises of his people. That means he sits down to judge in the situation. You'll start throwing praise to him. Maybe God ain't judging that thing because you ain't created a seat that he can sit in. I used to have a big friend. He's a little friend now. He weighed over three or 400 pounds. And we flew places together. And I never understood the dilemma of being so big. You got to ask for extra seat belts. You can't hardly get in the seat. And he told me, he said, when I walk into the building, he said, you know what I'm looking for? I said, no, but I tell you what I'm looking for, Snacks. He said, I'm looking at the seating. He said, because I know where I can sit and I know where I can't. And he said, them little folding chairs, he said, I'll stand. I'll stand and I won't be here long. <laughs> I'm preaching. Are y'all listening to me? Amen. So when God comes in the building, he's so big. He's looking at the, oh my God, this is getting better. He's looking at the seating. He's looking at the chair that you're building him. He's in throw. And when you get it big enough, he'll sit down. And when the judge sits down, court is in session. Oh, my God. When the judge sits, justice begins to be administered. My God, I'm bound and determined to be done by 12, but can we go deeper? My house shall be called my dwelling place. 
I function in, I rule in extravagant worship. Extravagant worship. My text now. There came a woman. That's verse 3, just that one verse, Jason. Are y'all still with me? Y'all ain't bored yet, are you? There came a woman. If you've been a Bible student very long, you can always know when God starts talking about a woman and he don't give her name, he's wanting you to understand I'm talking about the church. Okay? There came a woman. I'm sorry, I gave you the wrong scripture. I don't know what it is. 14.3? Yeah, that's it. There came a woman having. There came a woman having. She came in having premeditated. And I'm going to help y'all understand the den of thieves. She premeditated. I'm going into the house of a holy God. And it is an insult in the oriental culture to come into your house without a gift. Do y'all remember? Let me find some old folks. Benny, do you remember that when you went calling on somebody, you young people don't know what I'm talking about, you didn't just bust up in their house. You brought a pie. You brought cornbread that was left over. Amen. You brought something because it was a sign of honor that I'm entering into your house. Oh, is anybody listening to me? Amen. The Bible says this woman came having her alabaster box of ointment. And it was very valuable. Shame on us that has to buy our worship. When we get to the house. Shame on us that needs a praise team. Shame on us who needs a drummer. Oh God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Shame on us. Amen. Who needs somebody to hit some cymbals and, and get things moving. Hey, what if we just walked in and say, worship team, sit down. I brought mine with me. Oh, I brought mine with me and it cost me something, amen. I had to give up some me time. I had to give up some family time. I had to give up some job time. But I've been saving it. I've been saving it. And I got it with me, amen. It came a woman. And she brought it with her. She brought it with her. Come on, we got it. I'm, I'm going to give you some, I'm going to unload some revelation here in a minute. And it was very precious. That means valuable. She considered its content more valuable than its container. And she had no problem breaking it. Worship teams struggle to get through a worship service because congregations are having trouble breaking. They're having trouble breaking. Honey, baby, darling, daughter, all of the above, listen to me. Don't worry about it no more. 
Don't worry about it no more. Don't look and see who's breaking what no more. Break yours. Kenny, 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 you need to quit holding back, son. You need to quit holding back and quit worrying about people and break it. Somebody high-five your neighbor and tell them, won't you break it? Won't you break it? Because there's a worship in you if you'll just release it and let it go. Amen. But somebody may see you getting emotional. Some. She came. She came and she brought it with her. And she didn't even try to reserve the container. She didn't try to reserve her feelings. She didn't try to reserve her emotions. She broke it all. She broke it all. I'm not going to get to how mad they got, but I do want to get to this. I've seen one place where a woman poured oil on Jesus' feet. And I said, Lord, something's up here. You named that woman. Her name was Mary. And she poured all on your feet. He said, because you are my feet. And that anointing was for you to walk it out. I said, but this woman poured it on your head. And he said, because this is for me. This is worship that goes up. This is worship that goes straight to God. Because you are the body of Christ, but you ain't the head. Are you listening to me? Amen. And ain't it amazing in a religious society, when you start pouring all the oil on the head, the body gets mad. Ooh. Are y'all catching all this stuff? What does she think she's doing? They were mad because they said we could have sold it and given it to the body. Is that what our churches have come to? Josh, you got to teach that, don't you? To where everything's about you. <laughs> everything's about you. You being comfortable, us singing the right songs, not singing too many. Don't say that same stanza too many times. Are we offended in worship? In, in these services? Because it wasn't about me. She went straight to the head. They was just a fussing. She's just a pouring. <laughs> we finna break this religious spirit. We've lost some members because of this. We lost some members because they were uncomfortable with extravagant worship. They said, why is this waste? Because they didn't understand the value of an extravagant God. I feel something coming. She poured it on the head because everything in this house ought to be going up. And you get the benefits because when you pour the oil on the head, it'll run down on the garments. It'll run down on the garments. I'm trying to fill it out. Y'all praying for me of when to quit because I got so much more. But I am going to tell you this before I quit. 
There's always that religious community that says it's a waste. Kenny, I had a young lady in my church one time, and I was pretty religious back then. Everything had to be. And she'd get up in front of my church and carry on like you do. And then she came out with some flags like you do. She would whirl. And I stood up on the platform. I was the worship cop. I'm just telling y'all the truth. Just like some of y'all. I was a worship cop. And she was right there. Russ, you remember that? Remember where I stood in our church? A little bitty place and she was right there. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. And I could feel the wind from the flags. I'm thinking, oh my God. I'm thinking, my God, girl, that's unreasonable. Y'all remember my definition? It's absurd. And right before the holy man of God was about to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, God finally got tired of me and said, hey, how much worship is too much worship? I stood like Job, confounded and convicted. How much worship is too much worship? Anybody watch LSU beat Texas A&M? I've seen people with half their face painted gold, half painted blue, big gutted guys with bellies painted. Get a picture of that. You want me to show y'all? Are you listening to me? Those same men enter into churches and say, I'm not the emotional type. No, it's because we put more value on that leather football. Listen, I'm not picking on sports. I love them. Are you listening to me? He is an extravagant God and he deserves extravagant worship. Stand with me all over this building. But remember, right here, this is my altar call. When you break out of the norm, there's going to be a spirit, a religious spirit that says, that's too much. Colin, settle down. Ain't no sense in all that. That's what they would do. The disciples. The elders of the church were troubled and aggravated at her. Every time you start stepping into a level of worship that is worthy of such a holy God, they'll be the voice. It says that's a waste, that's not necessary. Huh? David the king kingly robe prestige social standing example of all the kingdom greatest kingdom ever lived was escorting the presence of God back with worship prior to in front of and superior to are you seeing it now 
He was creating an avenue that was worth, it was like rolling out the red carpet. But he knew that true worship only come through brokenness. So he took his title off. He took his title off. He took off what made him what he was, the king. He took it off. And he said, I got to get worship up higher. And he laid that robe down. And he came dancing through the streets. And his wife, Michelle, was looking down from the building. Michelle was looking down. And she despised him in her heart because she was full of pride. And when he got up there, he was so happy the glory of God was back. Isn't it amazing when God sends revival like He just sent us, there seems to be an attack on it. Y'all feel it? There's an attack on the move of God. It always is. And she said, didn't you look like a fool? Down there with the commoners. And he said, lady, you ain't seen nothing yet. He said, woman, you wasn't there when I was on the backside. Help me out. You wasn't there when I was shoveling sheep dung. You wasn't there when I was left out. He said, so now... You ain't seen the level of worship that they're going to see from this king. Who am I talking to in this place? You need to remember where God brought you from. Oh, come on, worshipers. Come on, everybody. Come on, everybody. Come on, everybody. Everybody. Just come worship. Come worship. Thank you for listening to this Life Church podcast. 